Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Core for Life. I'm pleased to welcome to the show a current sales manager at Ryan Homes, also owner of three frozen yogurt shops called Sweet Frog, and most importantly, father of my three nephews, my brother-in-law, Matt Lee. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Good to have uh, you. Matt, I'm not sure if you caught any of our other, our other unpublished podcasts yet, but we like, to, uh, we like to talk a little bit about a, a bourbon before we kick off the show that we're drinking for this one. And you know, I think you brought the one for, for this episode. What, what, do we, what do we got here? I did. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that uh, I had to supply my own bourbon. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping <laughs> well, we get you know, big. We have a budget. We have a budget right now, Matt. All right. <laughs> it's quite when the budget. We get paid, we'll provide, provide bourbon. Yeah. No, the, uh, this evening, my, my glass has in it uh, bullet bourbon. This is a uh, 90 proof, 45% straight out of Kentucky. Yeah. Nice drinking bourbon. I'm, uh, I'm going over the rocks tonight. Sweet. <laughs> nice, man. Well, glad to, glad to have you here. You're our second guest and another fitting guest for us, being our brother-in-law, being a father, husband, uh, being very successful in your career, being a leader. So we wanted to, wanted to get you on and uh, have a conversation and just, you know, talk a little bit about our pillars. I know you listen to our podcast, kind of found a little bit about who we are, what this is all about, mainly addressing it towards men, husbands, fathers who are looking to stay accountable in all different areas of their lives. So, you know, again, appreciate you being on and just wanted to start things off by getting a little bit of your background and, you know, a little bit about your family and, and your career and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm married to my wife, Heidi. We've been married for 20 years this year. We've got three boys, interesting phases of life right now. We've got a high schooler, a ninth grader, and then we've got a sixth grader, and we have a third grader. Uh, all boys, so Heidi is surrounded by men. Originally from Western PA, Heidi and I both met at Grove City College, and we moved out here and got married in, in 2000, right here in the Stowe Monroe Falls area. We bought our first home and we've been here ever since. So from a career standpoint, uh, it's been quite a, quite a ride. I'm not adverse to jumping in and taking risks. Um, I began my career out of college in some consulting and found my way into healthcare. Spent a number of years doing uh, healthcare consulting then some sales and client management uh, on the managed care side of things. And that's been the bulk of my career. Um, in 2012, I think we can all admit that there's some part of our brain that always wants to own their own business. So I decided to scratch that itch. And we opened up our, our first of three frozen yogurt stores here, right here in Stowe. And uh, that began a wild ride. Over the next year, we went on to open up two more stores to this day, we still have the three stores. We built a triangle around Greater Akron, if you look at a map. But uh, we didn't stop the craziness there. A couple years later, we opened up a restaurant in West Akron called Teriyaki Madness. And as successful as the Sweet Frogs have been, the restaurant was not. <laughs> the best thing we did there is recognize that uh, that was not the best thing for us to be doing. So we got out, but not before a few of you, I think, uh, sampled the deliciousness that was... Uh, I think we all have. It was delicious. It I didn't was get fantastic. down there. I got to admit, I did not get down there at that yeah, point. That's part of the reason that's why, why I, I failed. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. If I would have just eaten more, then I think I you know, would have saved your, saved your business there. We could have used you, man. We could have yeah. used you. Uh, lesson there is just because you like to 
to cook and eat doesn't mean you should uh, own a restaurant. So um, that was also mixed with jumping in and serving as the principal at my kid's school. So just for a number of years, I was jumping in and, and uh, just taking a, a few risks, which was great. But at the same time, I had to be responsible for taking care of my family. And when you raise, you raise three boys and we have business partners and they have three kids as well, living on cups of froyo is not exactly uh, in the handbook. So at some point I had to go back into my corporate career, went back to healthcare at the time, jumped into a startup at one point, again, not afraid to take a risk here and there. Uh, that's, I think you'll find that Matt doesn't like to sit still, you know, throughout this podcast. He likes to keep, <laughs> keep it moving. Uh, so that's, uh, I think it's a testament to yourself. You know, you, like you said, you're not, not afraid to take a risk and take a challenge. So. Ongoing theme of myself is I don't sit still well. Anyone that plays basketball with me will, uh, will know that. Uh, or works running. out with you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did that. And then when that startup experienced some changes, I needed to get out of healthcare and um, launch into something new. And I found my way into residential home building, managing a sales team. So that's what I'm doing now. I oversee eight divisions here in the Akron Canton area with Ryan Holmes as a sales manager. I really enjoy leading a team, trying to keep them uh, motivated and encouraged. Um, my whole life has been turned upside down over the past couple of weeks uh, with everything going on with with COVID-19. I'm trying to stay stay true to everything and, and keep plugging away. So there you go. Yeah, man. I appreciate the, uh, the info on some of the background and we'll obviously dive into all of that a little bit more through the pillars here as we go. But uh, I wanted to ask you too, how did you, you know, I mentioned a little bit about our relationship. You're my brother-in-law. You're married to my sister, Heidi. That's how we gotten to know each other but maybe a little bit of a background on how you got to know all of us and maybe a little little story with with each of us as well i don't know i'm putting you on the spot here but uh you know see what you got oh this will be fun get get dangerous (laughs) this will be fun so for all all your listeners i would encourage you to reach out to me personally i will share even more more than nitty gritty (laughs) details They, they may include some pictures and videos at times as well we do have editing rights on this podcast, yeah, by the way. So nah, we'll let that fly. <laughs> Wonder where, where we start. I guess I'll start with Mike since he introduced me. Uh, Mike's my brother-in-law. Um, I've known Mike since he was in eighth grade. I first met Mike in Arizona. It was his, I think it was his 14th birthday party. He had a bowl cut the size of Montana. All right, we don't, all right, yeah, we do. We're going to edit some of this. This is the kind of detail I want to hear. <laughs> and he was an absolute punk. Was? You said, you said was? The best part of that birthday party is uh, I, I ended up being the um, youth director, for lack of a better phrase, for the entire party. Him and his friends all up against the fence inside of a basketball court and just started pagan dodgeballs at them. It was great. <laughs> it was it was quite fun. It was very memorable. Um, yeah, and then another cool story about Mike is we've just gotten to know each other so well over the years. Um, one is um, with his family living in Philadelphia, and then we were here in Ohio, and he chose to go to college at Bluffton. I had the privilege of being able to pack him up in my car, and I was the one that took him to college. And I think I've never seen him look more whiter than a ghost that day. 
Yeah, take a take a Philly boy out to uh, the Midwest Ohio into the sticks. I mean, that's going to make anyone turn white. So. Yeah, and then worse than fourteen year old dodgeball. It's hard to believe. <laughs> and then at one point, coming out of college, when Mike started his career that he's already shared about, uh, he lived in our basement. And I remember, uh, I remember when he was going through his training, he was practicing his sales pitch. And so it's been just neat to see him grow from that. So, yeah, a lot of stories. A lot, as we all know, a lot of stories about Mike. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you keeping it with those, though, and not going yeah. into much, much like of <laughs> People are welcome to call me. Um, <laughs> moving over to Matt Simmons, uh, another interesting story. Um, I probably have known Matt the longest other than Mike. Uh, I knew Matt when he was in high school. I watched one. I watched him play football as a high school football player at Hudson. That was quite fun. And then the reason why my wife came out to Northeast Ohio was to be a youth director at a, at a church. And that's where Matt and his friends were in Hudson. So uh, we got to have many a fun time, whether it was playing sports at all night lock-ins. Yeah. Tell here, and Matt, Matt knows this is coming and I've got pictures. <laughs> the story to tell here is at the time, that's when American Idol had just become pretty big and you had Simon Cowell and you had Randy and so we would do these youth events and we would hold American Idol competitions well Matt Matt and his friends decided to cross dress <laughs> and perform a routine and it, that memory is scarred in my brain to this day you remember what is it I think I do I, I believe I sang Christina Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle. Oh, fantastic. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> were you with I a group did. or was it just you? Uh, they were solo performances, I believe. Oh, so you chose to all cross-dress, but you performed a solo performance. Yeah, and, and I wow. have been told there's pictures of this, but um, I'm hoping that those never come out. Sounds like Matt has some. We'll have to talk about <laughs> that. Oh, we do. Uh, we may even have the VCR videotape of it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, there was makeup involved. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Next in line here, uh, Ryan Sherry. So I know that Ryan often gets a hard time about his hockey. <laughs> I have the distinct privilege of having played hockey with Ryan. Yeah, there you go. I'll tell you, the dude can play. <laughs> well, they got the opportunity to see me shoot the other day when we were yeah. when we were he's playing le- with the sword. He's legit. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's no joke. It, it is no joke. And uh, Ryan, I'll play risk with you any day. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> and then I guess my last uh, my last connection with Andrew Hudson is we've had the distinct privilege of being able to announce a high school football game together. That's right. And uh, that was very fun. Very fun. Cross it off the bucket list. Quite enjoyable. People nice. couldn't really tell our voices apart either. They came up to me and they're like, "Man, you killed it that second half." I was like, I was the one doing the first half, actually. So thanks for that. I have a feeling that's going to be a common theme on this podcast. I think we all have pretty similar voices. So I think yeah, people are going to have same, to look the same, except for Matt. Yeah. Matt's got the nice head of hair and the baby face. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt Simmons, not Matt Lee. <laughs> uh, cool. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you uh, giving a little background on, on some of the relationships there and you know, we'll, we'll dive into some of the pillars now and, and kick it over to Matt Simmons, who is in the head of our Be Fit uh, pillar and get you some questions there and we'll uh, turn it over to Matt. All right. Well, Matt, you are a 
like like you said earlier, an active guy. You like to uh, you you don't stand still very well. I've seen you on the basketball court. I've guarded you on a basketball court, and that is not fun because you don't stop running. <laughs> so you stay in shape, obviously. Uh, but tell me about your background with sports and fitness. Yeah, so I, I think uh, I think that's exactly it. I just like to be active. Um, pretty much any anything that's available to play, uh, I want to jump in and, and try to play. You know, growing up, it was soccer, then basketball, then running, um, then tennis. In college, um, I actually went to college. One of the reasons I chose Grove City was to be on the tennis team. And the funny story is there is I didn't make the tennis team. So um, that's when I ended up discovering my love for lacrosse. I met a bunch of boys from Maryland and jumped into uh, lacrosse right, right away. And I love that sport. It was a great fit for me uh, because of the mix of different skills that were there. And that's a sport that gets you in shape pretty quickly because of all the running involved. Um, any intramural sport I could get my hands on, I would play, you know, from racquetball to touch football, anything like that. That culminated in what was the most probably challenging part of my youth, so to speak, in that I went out for the football team my senior year. Never played football my entire life, and I just decided to play it. Had some friends that were on the team and thought it'd be kind of cool to, to get together and see if we can make an impact just being a light on the team. And that was be able to need to be able to combine two loves of, you know, working out, athletics, to just being a... Um, a positive light. And uh, that was fun. Uh, probably the most challenging thing I've ever done physically in terms of two a days, having never walked through that before. I remember not being able to walk coming out from lower campus, walking up to upper campus. So that was through college. And then once I graduated and in my professional career, any league, whether it's been a company league, a church league, a city league, um, whatever, whatever you can name it, I've always tried to get involved with if I've been asked and try to stay active that way. And then just trying to be as well from different periods of ups and downs of being good with workouts to not being so good with workouts, to having people to work out with, to not having people to work out with, which I love what you guys are doing uh, with core for life, because that's a big part of it is, is being able to be motivated and holding each other accountable. And it's much easier to work out with people uh, than work out by yourself. And, it's also way more fun to do something like this than to pay a bunch of money and belong to a gym when you may not even go to the gym uh, as much as you should to make that membership worth it. So again, just always trying to stay active and, and doing something. It's also a great way to, I think, in these times when we're finding a lot of people working remotely right now, we're all working remotely. We're kind of having to with the way things are going right now. I went out for a run tonight because you need that. You need that you need that part of your, your daily routine. And I think the reason I stay so active is I, I find myself in a rut because we all get in ruts. Everyone listening, we all have ruts, right? One of the things that can happen is you get in that rut and it actually, it brings you down. It drags you down. And I find myself getting more tired more quickly or not having as much energy compared to when I'm in, in a phase where I'm being active and working out. I think you actually get like honorary mention for probably being one of the starters of the core four mentality because you were working out at a CrossFit gym 
and you invented you invited Mike one time and then Mike invited a couple of us another time and so we did the CrossFit workout some of us better than others uh and we want to uh, get into that a little bit <laughs> I mean, you know it's i'm glad someone just said something we should probably talk about that uh in it there's one thing we should note first of all um there's only two of you that showed up to that workout that's true that being mike true. and ryan um yeah. thank you and that yeah. was actually at a gym that was literally across from ryan's backyard so hey i had to i had to drive to it all right but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I've, I've heard in a previous podcast with you guys that you've talked about is you've gotten worked out and you've had people come and go from your group, you know, with the workouts, especially with someone just launching in, sometimes they have to get their bodies adjusted and adapted to it. And it can often lead to some projectile vomiting in some bushes off to the side of someone's <laughs> house. Uh, this particular time at the CrossFit gym that I was at when I invited Mike and Ryan to it. Mike pounded out the workout and, and Ryan was doing great. But the first time we, we turned around and we looked and Ryan was nowhere to be found. Yeah. <laughs> Turns the, out he was, he uh, he was the, it's right. He was the, he found the bushes and he was the original puker. I am the original puker. It's, it's out there now. It's, it. it's, uh, Many people yeah. have fallen in your footsteps. Hey, but you know what? I'm the one who came back, kept coming back. That's so right. that's right. That's what counts. I think it was the minute of burpees followed by minute of jump rope and then minute of, I think high knees, maybe. So all that, all that jumping, just you know, and then times got to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a little rough, but yeah. So yeah, I think you get the, you get the honorary title of you know initiating at least the thought process that went went into the the fitness group that we have kept going here over the past couple of years. So and, thanks and for that, man. Have, we still have your dumbbells. So yeah, I, I, I actually think there. they're they're right behind Mike there. I can see <laughs> it on the screen. Well, uh, Matt, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the things that you like to do now as far as staying in shape? Do you have any routines or is it just more of a you get it in when you can? What's your kind of weekly routine look like so far for fitness? Yeah, man, I wish I had a great answer for that. Uh, I don't. And that's not uncommon. Uh, yeah. I think for anyone, anyone listening, you're going to find yourself having a hard time to keep a schedule as well. One of the challenges for me has been um, some changes with some phase of life. And then with combine that with a job change. And then you combine that with small business ownership. And then all of a sudden having to close your business um, temporarily uh, because everything going on. But I'll go back a few years. So I, I came into my 40s. Um, having had kind of an up and down decade going through my thirties and yeah, let's insert age jokes here. None of you are not in your forties, so we can just sticker over that for a moment. I think you look, you look way better than I do in your forties. So. <laughs> People would think you're younger than us. Yeah. Cheers to that. We were all thinking it, but we all sound the same. So that's good. Um, yeah, but my goal, my goal in my forties was to be in better shape than I was in my thirties. And so I really, I really took that to task my 40th year. I've never had a problem with age, but my 40th year was one where I just said, I'm really going to try to push this a little differently. And instead of just being happy with the basketball league here or there, you know, try to make a, a different dedicated effort to working out, whether it was just sitting at home 
while watching TV or, or getting active with the kids, having three boys, that's not hard. Um, but then also being more intentional. And that's when I started with CrossFit. And so that was kind of a goal I've had in my, in my 40s. And I'll be 44 coming in June. And there's been ups and downs with that. I, I went through a really steady period um, with, with CrossFit, but then tied to a job change which was very timely because that's when I first got engaged with you guys was being able to work out a little bit when I couldn't be as consistent going to my classes. And that became very quickly that I didn't want to pay that amount of money was when I wasn't able to really have those classes, you know, be used to the benefit of that. And then now over the past year, it's been really, really challenging uh, from the challenge of my, my job, which has changed my routine completely to uh, even with the kids. Um, I give you guys a lot of credit. It's why the core for life was born. You've stayed with it. And I can give you any excuse in the book. Uh, but at the end of the day, I didn't stay with it with you guys as much as I would have liked. Some of that was my own driver motivation with, I know you guys have talked about how early you get up. <laughs> I wanted to be wanted to be here at home with the kids to, to help them in the, in the morning with their school routine and not leave not leave Heidi with that because I do have older kids. So our routine begins a little earlier. So I've just had to really adjust from different times. I've had good points and I've had weak points, you know, even tonight getting out and running, I'm kind of in a point right now where I know I have to be intentional about it because if you're not, it's going to be easy to, to have that not happen. So I still came home at dinner and we played a game with the kids. We're in a mode right now where we're playing a lot of games with the kids because uh, we're inside a lot right now. Um, so I'm still just making time and being intentional about that. I like to work with, yeah, with kids now that are getting older. Do you have any like extra drive to make sure you're, you know, still the, the man of the house that these, uh, these young bucks don't overtake you at all? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll happen. We're, we're going through an Olympic games right now. We've got, um, Great suggestion for anyone that wants to borrow it. Please go ahead because we stole it from a friend, but we've got 25 games, anything from knockout to chugging water, literally card games, monopoly, hydration. hardcore hydration. settlers of Catan. Yeah, right. It's very important to stay hydrated. So we're going through a Olympic games right now, which kind of began a couple weeks ago when we all found ourselves having to be in the house a lot. I will tell you right now, we're about 10 events in and I am not winning. Uh, my 15 year old is winning. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it, why you went for a run tonight, huh? That's, that's right. Yeah. I <laughs> couldn't believe that he beat me in that event. So yeah. Old man's got to keep up. It's funny. You mentioned when you were talking earlier, how you had to kind of choose to spend more time with your family. Like in the mornings, you wanted to spend more time with your kids before they got off school. You wanted to take them to school. And so you sacrificed exercise with us in the mornings for some times. So, you know, we have these core pillars lined out that we've identified as things that are beneficial to your life, but it's important to strike a balance between those things. So I think that's a perfect example of where you gave up on one to bring up another. So I think that that's, you know, that's a great example there. Yeah. And I would encourage everyone to not be discouraged because the four pillars or, you know, whatever drives you, it's going to be the challenge of life, right? We're, we're all messy human beings. Um, and there's going to be times where one of those things is less than you'd like it to be. And another might be up there and, and you're going to have to always be finding ways to rebalance. And if anyone, if anyone has that perfect balance, please 
call me, let me know, because I need help. I need your advice. But it's a continual effort to try to figure out where you are in each of those things and, and work on that rebalancing because there's going to be ups and downs and it's the roller coaster of being in this crazy world that we're in. Cool. cool. Well, that, that kind of wraps up the uh, fit portion of our of the questions that I had. I will say one more thing just for you, Matt, as far as where I want to be fitness level, someone that I would look up to 10 years down the road. I mean, I hope I'm still getting up and down the basketball court like you can. Um, I can't do it now, but maybe, maybe by the time I'm in my mid-40s, I will be. Now you will. Yeah. So, maybe when you grow up, you can be like Matt. If anything, I think that's, that's what we all would like. Uh, and I think you're doing a great job in that area. So um, I'll pass oh, it over to Andrew to, to, to cover his topic. Well, before Andrew jumps in, Matt, one advice you could do is just by looking at the screen here, <laughs> you just shaved your head. You'd be – you're right there. <laughs> uh, so much quicker. Well, I'm losing enough that I'm just going to keep it while I got it. Oh, you're losing enough. Come uh, on. Yeah. I, see, oh, I'm humble I'm brag the, right there. I'm, I'm also the only one that can't grow facial hair. <laughs> oh, give yourself so, a little credit for that. I don't. Stash. I mean, I, I do. I do have a pretty strong crustache, but. I demand if I lose up up here on my head, I demand that I get some a little bit more on the beard so <laughs> i've got no choice i gotta keep my hair let's talk about uh, the next pillars is be driven so i was just kind of wondering if you would unpack maybe a little bit more around kind of what you went through taking a risk and starting some of these businesses i know for myself i always like to think of myself as a risk taker but i've been at the same job for 10 years and i work in <laughs> 401ks which is about as boring as it gets when it comes to <laughs> investing so how did That's you end a- up the anti-risk strategy. <laughs> yes. Slow and steady. Isn't, so, Andrew the, isn't Andrew the guy that likes spreadsheets and pivot tables? He does. Oh, you he did listen to our first podcast. <laughs> Who doesn't, though, really? A good, well-made pivot table is a beauty thing. It's just a beauty to behold. Oh, boy. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I, I, as a sales manager, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think for, for all of us and, and anyone listening – like I mentioned at the beginning, I've always known that there's a part of me that just wanted to scratch that itch about owning my own business. But there's so many risks involved there. And if I look back a little bit, I can laugh at myself because as much as I want to weigh those risks with jumping in head first, I sure picked a heck of a time to do it when at the time we were yeah. We were just getting used to having three kids, which is a crazy experience. And Andrew's like, hold my beer. I got four kids. Hey, not just <laughs> Andrew. Not yeah, just Andrew. That's right. That's right, Ryan. Yeah. That's why I stick with 401ks. <laughs> <laughs> and we both have a set of twins, too. So, yeah. Man, that is, yeah. That, hold yeah. our beers. Hold both beers. <laughs> that's right. Let me just pause for a second and give you guys a shout out. You know, so the the world would say, wow, you're supposed to do that when you're single and young and whatnot. Yeah. I, I chose yeah. a time to do it, but there's no real, there's no real, um, you know, plan that was out there. I, I think I was always looking at doing it. We were out with our friends. I remember it was on a, it was on a night when we went out to dinner in Ohio, Northeast Ohio. And it was one of those nights in Northeast Ohio where it's snowing sideways, which can happen quite a bit. And we went out to dinner and we, we wanted to go to this new place called, 
I don't like to say the name. It's the last time I'll say it. It's called Menchie's. <laughs> um, it was over in Montrose and we went there to have dessert because we heard about this cool place, which is self-serve Froyo. And at the time, self-serve Froyo was big on the coast, but it hadn't really come into the Midwest yet. No surprise there. And we walked into the place and it was snowing sideways. It was cold out and the place was packed. Now, little did we know what it went into everything behind it, but all we could see was a teenage worker at the register smiling and checking us all out because we made our own treats from beginning to end. And I think we might've seen one other person working and we're just thinking, this is absolutely brilliant. And as much as I would love to tell you guys we had a plan, I went from that night and said, we're doing this. And the story really just kept growing from there, growing to applying with one franchise and finding out that our whole area was already owned. And that would normally make you think, okay, well, we try, we're gonna walk away. Well, we didn't give up. We kept pushing. And actually, I give credit to Mike, Mike and my wife's um, sister. So my sister's my sister-in-law in Richmond, they said, hey, we've got a brand here in Richmond that's just getting going. They're not really developed yet, but yeah, don't give up. Keep keep showing that that drive and determination. So we kept digging and digging and digging, and we discovered Sweet Frog. And it, it met a couple things. One, the the acronym of a frog stands for fully rely on God, which is right in kind of the heart of what I wanted to do of having my own business, doing it to make an impact right in the community that we live and man, having it have a faith element to it. That was awesome. So off we went. Um, and again, little do we know there was no handbook. The company was so new. They didn't even have any guidance. They just said, yeah, that looks like a good place to open up one. Call us when you're open. And we said, well, don't you have a team, a direction? Uh, no, they said that you can come down here and watch us for a day and train. Uh, but then you're on your own. So it really is kind of that middle-class American dream of starting something from scratch and just figuring out how to make it, how to make it go. A lot of cool stories going back to those days, but at the end of the day, you know, I think Andrew, you began by what made me wanted to do it. It just, it was just really that desire to just do something on my own. Yeah. So I think a lot of us, I know I've talked to Mike about it. I think I've talked to all you about it. Just that desire to, get out and form our own thing, which is again, why we started core for life. But, you know, I've run my own business on the side for years. And so I, I consider that kind of dipping my toes into the entrepreneurship area. So what do you think is the difference between dipping your toes in and fully jumping in and committing? Like, how do you, how did you make that decision? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, even thinking back to the time, I think for us, it really wasn't an option to consider the two things. Uh, it wasn't a, uh, hey, we could just dip our toes in here or you can go all in. I think when you're, open up, when you're opening up your own Froyo shop, we didn't have our, uh, a dip our toes in option. So I, I think you know, at the time it was either, hey, we're either going with this and we're literally signing on the bottom line or we're going to back away. And I can tell both of those stories from both Sweet Frog and Teriyaki Madness. Um, I remember both days in particular with Sweet Frog. It was, we had the agreement in front of us, everyone we knew, our lawyer and our accountant was saying, are you nuts? You don't do this. What are you doing? You don't want to do this. And we did. And we signed it and we kept going and we never looked back since almost eight years later. On the flip side of it, I remember being out in, Denver, Colorado, sitting in the offices of Teriyaki Madness. And that was a much more formal franchise. They had walked us through this huge process 
And after walking us through the process with a big, a big corporation like that, who has a parent company and they really have a really defined process, they sat us down, they put the agreement in front of us. They said, this is your get out of jail free card. You can walk away from here and never, never take another step and no, no hard feelings, nothing owed, nothing. Or you can sign on that dotted line and off we go on this, on this next step of the adventure. Lesson learned, we shouldn't have signed on that dotted line. We should have walked away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so back to your question, Ryan, we've never had that kind of dip our toes in or, um, or go all in kind of decision point. It was either go all in or, or that's not the opportunity for you. Cool. So had you quit your job and everything then when you started? Did. Okay. Yeah, I did. So when we opened the first sweet frog, um, I was still doing my corporate job for a little bit. And so was my business partner. Um, and as soon as that took off, it took off. And I don't say this to boast or pat, pat us on the back, but it just took off in such a big way that it was not possible to, to do it any different versus jumping all in because we knew that um, full focus would be the best way uh, to get it to continue to grow and be successful because we had figured out by then that with the success of the first store, we wanted to try to build on that and do additional stores. So that's when I, that's when I took the big leap and bailed from corporate and went completely on my own. My business partner joined me uh, the following year and that's when we opened all three stores and then we went into the teriyaki madness business. So fast forward all those years later, we're both not just doing sweet frog. So uh, both <laughs> full circle of recovering from teriyaki madness for <laughs> Because when you back away from a business, it doesn't carry with it um, financial giveaways and debt that you have to recover from. But also, again, having two families, each of us having three kids each, had to be responsible adults at some point. Yeah. What are some of those lessons? I would say you, you learn more in your failures than in your successes. What are some of the, the lessons maybe from Teriyaki Madness that <clears throat> you, you carry forward here to your, your corporate job as well as you know, the rest of Sweet Frog that you're running? I think it's probably lessons from both, Andrew. Um, I think it's the experience of you're going to, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have successes and failures. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's partly to evaluate, continually evaluate and continually evaluate. So once you think you've got your plan set, you have to keep asking more questions. Once you have, once you have your opening set, you keep asking what else, keep asking what else. It's even what I train my sales reps to do today of keep asking the next questions. Once you think you know everything, you don't. And you have to keep asking questions. Um, so what, what is that next aspect of the business plan that you may think is all neat and tidy, but what else are you missing? What's next? What's coming? What are the unknowns? I think it's a mix of both, both in, in the ups and the downs. It's that continual evaluation. And then as soon as you evaluate and you have the results to show what's going on, you can't be bashful about making that decision. So from the standpoint of the decision to build more sweet frogs or from the standpoint of having a restaurant and there's no doubt about your passion and desire to have it work. Loved serving customers, loved serving the food, loved having people come in. But once you start seeing the results and you've 
you've made some changes and you've done some things to try to make a flip, you have to sit down and ask yourself the hard question. So I, I guess at the end of the day, Andrew, for that particular aspect, it's the best thing we did was realize we were not the right fit. And it's tough. That's a hit on your pride. You know, that's on everything you've built, everything you've invested. I think as a small business owner, one of the challenges can often be, hey, I've put so much time and effort and money and blood, sweat and tears into this. I don't want to give up. And sure, I mean, it's, it's just human nature. We, we didn't want to give up and walk away. But as we look back on it now, almost literally to the date, five years, let's say the ninth, it's five years ago, four days ago, that we opened on our first day. So we look back now five years ago, and we realize that still the best thing we did was recognize that we were not the right fit, make the tough call to corporate and say, hey, we want to begin a process to unwind from this. We know that's not what we signed up for. We know it's not what you wanted for us. But can we begin an evaluation process to figure out what are the next steps here? And they knew enough to know that that was, that was probably in the same data that we were evaluating. Uh, but that was such a hard decision. Uh, to this day, I'll, I'll never forget that day. Um, so back to the biggest lesson learned. The biggest lesson learned was you have to be willing to look at the evaluation you've done and not be afraid to make, make those decisions. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. And, and anything that we do overall, like you said, when you're invested in it, we do talk about that a lot in, in the small amount of stock trading that I do in 401ks. We, we talk about that as well, too. You got to, you can't be married to any trade that you make. Ultimately you got to evaluate and relook at every stock you buy, every business decision that you make and, and look and see if it still makes sense, you know, going forward then the next day. And do you want to hold that position? So I think that parallels a lot of that, that you can't be married to, to that. You got to think, you know, broader than just what you've invested in and you got to look towards tomorrow and, and what the future is going to hold for you too. I think that applies to a lot of life too, is you get completely invested in a lot of these things. And then you don't realize that the sunk costs that you have in these things, mm -hmm. you're never going to get back. So as you evaluate year to year, look at your goals year over year, look at your goals month to month, and you start to realize that there are some things that you're sinking a lot of time into that aren't worth it. So that's where you can do some of those rebalancing of the pillars like we talked about before. Yeah, Ryan, that's a great point because the other aspect that was happening at the time was um, I was quickly realizing that I was not being who I wanted to be in that time. Um, everyone's heard it from the standpoint of small business ownership, but even more so from the standpoint of owning a restaurant. You know, everyone knows in this world that owning a restaurant is not easy. I can be the poster child for that. Is it at the peak? I was putting in a hundred hours a week. And I know you guys have done your challenges and your weight loss challenges. I would not do well in the weight loss challenge because I'm probably the smallest of all five of us here. I'm a buck 85 soaking wet. But in my peak of that time with teriyaki madness, I was down to close to 160 pounds. You couldn't see me if I turned sideways, but forget that. I think the bigger, the bigger thing I was realizing that was experiencing damage was my family. And that's just not how we're wired. Uh, I think I speak for all of us and that's not how I'm wired. So, you know, some of it's, some of it's realizing and Andrew, back to your question, some of it's realizing that it's way more than just about money. If it's just yeah. about money, you're probably um, needing to rebalance. Like Ryan just said, 
And so for me, it became very much like, if it's just about money, we can recover money. But I need to be, I need to man up and I need to recognize that I'm not being who I need to be for my wife, for my family, and even for myself. I, I was not in a healthy place. So that all, that all was a big determinant that went into it as well. My business partner would say the same thing. Uh, we both recognized that. And we knew that if we didn't make that decision, then there would be more residual damage. Forget about finances. Yeah. That's great. That you were able to look at it honestly. I'll, I'll ask too. I mean, not to, not to continue down a, a negative path, but we're, we're talking a little bit about, you know, COVID-19 here and the effect that that has on businesses. And, you know, you've given us a little background on teriyaki madness and what's, what's happened, uh, there, I mean, how has this current environment affected uh, your your small business that you own, and also your current business that you're, um, you know, you're with with Ryan Holmes? Yeah, interesting timing um, with with this podcast and, and how everything's going on. And even if someone listens to this podcast down the road, you know, whether it's COVID nineteen or any other event, there will be things that happen. There will be things that happen that impact things, that change things, whether it's in our own lives, our families' lives, school lives, our work lives, within a church, or within all of society, like's happening right now. You know, I, I joke because, you know, Andrew's talking about stocks and the markets and whatnot, and, you know, one of the best things you can do is diversify. Uh, it's, it's a real lesson for me right now, and I know someday I'll look back and, and see the lesson. Right now, I'm... I'm still navigating uh, how I feel about the lesson. I'm not feeling very, very positive about it right now because I, I haven't diversified my life very well. As it turns out, the peak time for us in our Froyo business is May, I'm going to say May, April, and March. So the second quarter, March, April, and May, is our peak time in Froyo. As strange as that sounds, partially because in Northeast Ohio, the weather, whatnot, that is our best quarter by far. And right before COVID-19 hit, we were having our best two and a half month run ever. Even going back, well, 2012 is a different story because that's when we first opened, but beginning 2013 up till now, we were having our best two and a half month run ever. And oh, by the way, in residential home building and sales, guess when the best time of the year is? The second quarter, March, April, <laughs> are the peak time to sell and build new homes. And we were having, oh, by the way, we were having our best month ever the first two weeks of March. The second week, week of March in, my, in the division I'm in, um, I have another sales manager, so we, we jointly work together. And in the division I'm in across all of our communities, we had just come off our record week ever of sale, of home sales. And then COVID-19 hit. So here I am getting hit on all sides um, by everything. And even all, all of us, we go to church together. COVID-19 hit the exact week that we were supposed to launch and open our brand new worship center with 800 people walking into a room that we were just going to have amazing worship and blow the roof off that place. So it's uncanny the timing of how all this hit. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, Mike, 
it's an interesting time. I'm actually being um, interviewed tomorrow by a senator who wants to hear my story from both a corporate experience and a small business experience. And she wants to take that to Columbus and use that as an example of how we need to continue to find a way to get the business in Ohio going again. Yeah. If you drive around these towns, there are so many places shuttered down and so much unemployment going on. Um, it's a challenging time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If she wants, she can just take this podcast episode and, you know, spread it, <laughs> spread it among her circles. I mean, might as well just take ha- Hashtag core for life. We won't, we won't charge a fee or anything. She can just, you know, yeah. just have it. Yeah, Free not, advertising. Not, pro bono. Not bad to have a senator on our side. <laughs> so just drop a few hints, you know, in your interview tomorrow. Say, hey, I got something in the can already. You know, Whoa. you should talk to this guy. You should talk to this guy, you know. He's the original puker. Yeah. <laughs> that all, That's that what's going to stick. Listen. That's what's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs>